from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for oh, just about another hour thereabouts. Well, not quite. Uh, as we take you up towards noon. On the program still to come, we're going to talk some Hawkeyes with John Bowenkamp coming up in about 15 minutes or thereabouts. And then finish up with Iowa State's, the voice of Iowa State, John Walters, will be here. Uh, we'll talk about Baylor and I and, and the Clones. Six o'clock is the kickoff for that one. It's also Iowa State Men's Basketball Media Day today. Ah, interesting. Going to look a little bit different. I'm assuming that's a Zoom-only affair, right? Right, yeah. Um Boy, I don't know what to make about this. I really don't. I mean, all the buzz for basketball in the state is clearly, I shouldn't say all, that's unfair, but um, needle-moving-wise is is uh, with with the Hawkeyes. I'm, I'm not sure what to make of this Cyclones team this year, Trent. Where are they going to get the scoring from? Who's going to take over the leadership on that team? Uh, so many questions, right? I mean, Condit's a really good player. Now he, he's, what, junior, going into yeah, his yep. junior season? What kind of year is Xavier Foster going to have? Solomon Young has had a really good career. Rasir Bolton Bolton needs to pick it up after last year. I thought he was... They um, put too much on his shoulders last year. You think that was it? I I think so. After Halliburton went down, too much was asked of him. They didn't have a ton of scoring options, and I think they just ultimately went that route. I still have belief that you're going to be able to get something you know, out of some of those younger guys coming. Trey Jackson had moments, Mm -hmm. shot the ball really well. That's true. Feels like there's pieces there. But to the sum of the parts that they add up for a team in a Big 12 that is going to be loaded again this year. So where do they fit in your mind? I mean, can this team be 500 in the Big 12? Is that a realistic goal? I don't think I so. Think, I'm with you, Trent. I think that's very difficult to do. Well, look at the, the preseason numbers I mentioned yesterday for Ken Palm came out. His preseason number one, Baylor. Number five, Kansas. Number six, Texas Tech. L- let, me, let me stop. Where, where are the Hawks? Uh, they are 12th okay. in his numbers. Wow, way down. Okay, so three. So far, we've got three of them in the top six, did you say? Number eight, West Virginia. Number nine, Texas. Five of the top nine teams in the country, at least from Ken Pomeroy, reside in the Big 12. You throw into that mix after you get through that group of five. You still have Oklahoma, who he has ranked 31st. Uh, Oklahoma State, 33rd. TCU, 53. And then you get to Iowa State, at 67. So who are we missing? K-State? K-State. 113. Holy mackerel. So, so Projected 3-15 and 15 for the Wildcats. Yeah. Now, Iowa State is projected 6-12. and 12. Can you find three more wins to get to 500 in this league? And with no fans in the building? And they're usually oh, up yeah, until last year, they're probably good for... That's an excellent point. Hilton Magic... Not going to be very magical without no, people there. No, it's 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 going to be different. Well, I guess if there is one year to have the kind of a hiccup, mm-hmm. this might be the year to do so. There was a lot of calls for this is a very pressure-filled campaign coming up for Steve Proton. In this economic climate we're right. in, there's, there, there's no record that's going to get um, a coaching change at Iowa State. I'd, I'd be shocked if they're going to get the money. Right. Pay him off, bring somebody else in. 
and the rest of that staff, and I don't know the length of the assistance, but you can bet that whoever comes in is not going to keep them. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen this year. No. Not going to happen. And look, I, Steve Prohm seems like a really good guy. He does, yes, absolutely. I see him the exact same way. Hope that he can get this thing turned around. He can get some consistency. He's brought in some nice players, mm-hmm. and it seems like when there's been a dip, he's been able to pull them back up. We'll see what the transfers look like. they got a couple of new guys there that are going to certainly help, but in this Big 12, it is tough to move up the rungs there. I mentioned Oklahoma State. They're picked 7th, and they have the number 1 player in the country coming in. Exactly, and he's a really good player, too, and he's only going to be there for a year, and he was surprised that he's chose them. So, yeah, I don't know what to make of it, Trent. I just... You know what I want to see as much as anything before we try to uh, you know figure out what their place is going to be and if they can overachieve or not or if it is going to be the year that Ken Palm and some others think it's going to be. You know, when are we going to get the news? We, we've got the Big 12 slate. I, I think Cyhawks a, a long shot at best. I'm right there with you. I don't think... I don't think we're going to see non-conference games. So you think the ACC Big Twelve, Big Ten challenge is out the window? I think the Gonzaga-Iowa game, I think that's out. I think Cyhawk is out. I think ultimately that's what it's going to come down to, is they're going to say they're just, it is, it's too difficult to pull this off. We are 20 days away from the beginning of the college basketball season, right. and, and no we don't schedule. have a non-conference schedule for mm-hmm. anybody. We have a few games that we've heard, but they're mostly the bye games, a couple of the MTEs that are out there. Iowa brings in Southern and North Carolina Central for that. That'll be played on the uh, right around Thanksgiving, Wednesday, Friday for those games. But that's what you have right now. And, and because of that, I just don't see a way where you get through this and say you're going to be able to bring everything together and know that you can do it safely, traveling across the country, going to different places with these college guys and doing it. I guess people that have different parameters, that have different ways of testing and, and doing that and playing those kind of games, I just don't see it happening this quickly. No, well, we'll look at the, the if, if Big Ten football is an example. I know it's Big 12 we're, basketball we're talking about here, but regardless of sport, Big Ten football wouldn't let you play any non-cons. Yeah. I mean, we saw two weeks ago when Nebraska had a game and mm-hmm. they were told no. The, 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 the protocols and the testing don't match up. Kim Reynolds is in the midst of holding... Uh, a press conference. There could be some news come out of this. It's yeah, kind of what yeah. we're hearing throw in, inside the building here um, with WHO just down the hall. And I haven't seen any updates yet, but look, I was, as many states, and it's not going well. It's not going well. I mean, the over six figures yesterday across the country. Yeah, right. I, mean, I think it was like 106,000. I was in a bad spot. Hospitalizations are going up. So I hope, um, I mean, there's not going to, What's the worst case scenario? Lockdowns again. Restaurants and bars. Right. And is that the only where only place this is spreading? Why? Why the impact there? As opposed well, if you have, to so if you have other- a drink, you get a little. You know, you let your guard down a little bit. Man, I hope not. Those people have been hit so yeah. freaking hard, so hard. There's so many other industries. There's so many other places where this thing can be transmitted, and and why it just continues to be zeroed in on that industry. That that's it. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. All right, we'll take a timeout. Um, Jesus, just, I just saw a number come in. 4,562 new cases in our state. Oh, man. That's, a, that's by far. I mean, mm-hmm. I, think, I, think, I don't think there's been a 4,000 until today. Uh, we'll pay attention. We'll monitor uh, Kim Reynolds and see if there's any news that comes out of it. Uh, but we're going to talk to John Bowen Camp next. We'll get his latest on the Hawks and Sparty. Are you laying the points if you had to in that game? The line stinks, and because of that, 
if you took the Iowa angle aside, this is just a, another Big Ten football game that didn't involve the Hawkeyes. Yeah, I'd be jumping on Iowa right away. I would too. I think the letdown factor is as big as yeah. I mean, they just beat Michigan. And for we've seen out Michigan State do this so many times in the past. Let down after a big upset win against Michigan. I think the spot's right there. I don't think the way that Michigan State plays works very well with the matchup. This is more of a matchup kind of play, but it's also Iowa. Maybe we're too close to it, and we've seen the way that they play the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. If this thing's 17-13 in the fourth quarter, you're going to be surprised. Oh, boy. No, nervous, but but not but not surprised. What is what is uh, what do you want to see from Petrus? Uh, a changeup, little touch. That would be great, right? A little touch. I think yeah. complete a big pla- pass, knock one of those and show that big arm that we've seen. I want to see him do something good in the football game. Look, he doesn't have that type of mentality where things aren't going well. It affects him at least yet. Right. But he's had two games that he's you know that. I'm they, very they'll good. catch up with him eventually, and all yeah. of a sudden you start questioning yourself. I, at least I would think. Uh, well, well, we'll see. We'll talk to John Bowenkamp about that. Uh, coming up next, it's time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword LOVE to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win 1000 bucks. LOVE to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Hi, right, Miller and Condon with you until noon. We'll do Iowa next. Iowa State with the voice of Iowa State, John Wall. Walters coming up, Miller and Condon till noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. We are Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 AM and now 106.3 FM. This is Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. After the hour of 11 o'clock, my apologies. I gave you tomorrow's 11 o'clock keyword, which will do nothing for you today. No, no. But we it will give a... you an advance of what we're going to do tomorrow at 11. Yeah, yeah, little heads up there. But yeah, so if you texted and got the wrong response, uh, text message back, Ken's got you helped out Indeed. right now. So let's start right from the beginning. It's time for another, can you get the disclaimer in there? $1,000 uh, yeah, handoff. Maybe. John Bowenkamp will be with you momentarily. i got to clean up on aisle four. Text the keyword FAMILY to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. That's FAMILY to 200-200. Oh, still got the music playing. Give me a second. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. FAMILY is this hour's keyword. Family, this hour's keyword. Uh, just to update real quick on Kim Reynolds' press conference. This is from one of the Des Moines Register uh, reporters in the building. So, uh, the uh, governor says there's robust testing, better treatments, vaccine on the horizon. It doesn't sound like she's going to be announcing any new closures, but she is asking Iowans to take precautions in the next three weeks. Do the right thing. She trusts Iowans. All right. Uh, John uh, Bowenkamp <laughs> covers Iowa. Uh, for various publications, including HawkeyeNation.com. He's been on the beat for decades. He joins us, John Trent and Ken. Thank you for coming on. You participated in many of the Zooms this past week, both players and coaches. So we're anxious to pick your brain. Let's go back before we go forward, though, John, to, uh, to the Northwestern game. And, you know, right after the game, Ference was... 
he didn't really throw Brian under the bus, but he did so kind of without naming him. Not happy the way of the, you know, the run pass, uh, just the discrepancy. 50 passes for a quarterback making his second start. It seems like a lot, and co- the head coach was not real uh, happy uh, with the offensive coordinator. No, I mean, you, I mean, and I wrote about this the other day. Those 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 numbers looked like a quarterback who was trying to rally from a twenty-one point deficit, not somebody who was only down one late in the second half. I mean, that was. I mean, and and I know they're not running the ball well right now. I, I get that, but at the same time, you still have to keep trying to do it. I mean, you have to throw some. Otherwise, Northwestern is just going to sit there and they're going to send eight people back in coverage and say, okay try to beat us and, and when you have an inexperienced quarterback that's that's not going to happen john the run game i'm surprised they're having trouble yeah trouble and, and it looked too. good out of the shotgun but yep. uh-huh. the traditional sets and against northwestern who's very stout up front patty fisher is an all big 10 player linebacker they got dudes up front the evolution of this offense and we've seen tweaks and we've seen improvements on that side but it's not enough is it is it just this run game, the traditional run game, with the fullback in there or an extra tight end, whatever it is, is just too antiquated in today's college football environment? It could be, but at the same time, I mean, I, I think, I mean, because they, they've got great running backs. I mean, all three of those guys, yeah. Tyler Goods and Mackay Sargent, Ivory Kelly Martin, all really good running backs. They should, you've got to be able to get them in the space. Yeah. You've got to be able to get them, you've got to get them room to run, and, and this for whatever it is when they're not when they're not in the shotgun isn't doing that right now and I don't know if it's the scheme I don't know if it's problems up front which is entirely possible yeah. um you know I mean I I, I I haven't really like sat down and looked and see but there is something wrong there and they mm-hmm. and I mean their yards per carry last week was what I think it was like 3.3 which is eh, you know you'd like for it to be a little bit better but the point is you got to run the ball. You you cannot, especially when you have a young running or young quarterback. You cannot sit there and think you're going to pass your way out of problems. And, and, ju- and that that has to be cleaned up. It, it does. And you know what surprises me as much as anything because we knew we knew, and I totally agree with you. I think they've got three really good running backs there: Sergeant Kelly Martin behind Goodson, uh, and and Sergeant when he's gotten in there, he's had his moments. Goodson looks like a difference maker, and I and I like Kelly Martin. But the offensive line was going to be a strength of this football team, right? Other than the skill position right. players, but this is a, they're all coming back. I mean, yeah, I get worse isn't there. Dot dot dot. But Coy Crocs played and made a lot of starts in the. Big Ten, and he's just plug and play. We saw Linderbaum, and he's a pro. Alaric Jackson was rumored to be a first round pick had he come out last year. He looks like a different guy physically, for one thing. Um, mm-hmm. What is it with the offensive line? They should be better. Those sh- holes should be there, John. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, I, and again, I, like I said, I you know you'd have to really break down the tape to see, but. You know, obviously something's not working there, and and that's where I think as as a coordinator you've got to figure out, and as a head coach you've got to figure out a way to to get guys into space, and whether that means you know whether that means running out of the shotgun, whether that means the wildcat, which they tried a few times, whether that means you know a short passing game where you, where you get those guys involved. I don't know, but something has to be done because you cannot continue to just keep throwing the ball down the field when you have a quarterback right now that doesn't quite have the touch that you need to do that 
and and doesn't have the decision making experience to do that right now. So the key on Saturday is they are just going to have to figure out a way to get those running backs out and get them going, and then that kind of opens things up. A step further than that, and this is one of the issues that I had from the get-go as Brian Ferentz becoming the offensive coordinator. A, I didn't think the resume was good enough, but B, how do you get rid of them if things don't go well? <laughs> and things have not gone well when you look at the numbers. Greg Davis's offenses rank better than Brian Ferentz's. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Ohio State game from four years ago. That was great. We all love that game. Hollywood. There's a lot more than just the Holiday Bowl a year ago. There's a lot more to a season, and the numbers don't add up. So what can be done? Or is Kirk Ferentz, who was not happy with his son after the game and the game plan and the calls that he made, is he going to go down with his son if it gets to that point? I, I don't know, but I, I think I think the, the message was sent the other day. Um, you need to figure out balance, Brian, and you need to figure out how to run the ball, and you need to figure out how to do all those things. Because zero and two is zero and two is on them. I mean, let's face it; they've scored three points in the second half in four quarters this season. Um, that's not going to win you a lot of games unless you score a lot of points in the first half. And you know, and again, getting back to the running game, take some pressure off your defense. You don't want to keep them. You know, you don't want three and outs in, that take ten seconds off the clock or fifteen seconds or whatever. You know, you have to you have to do things. With this offense right now, you have to sustain drives. That's the thing. And they're not doing that right now, and that needs to get figured out in a hurry. Otherwise, you may have to do something different. You know, speaking of something different, maybe there's going to be a different man in charge of the program. There's a, a not, not anytime soon, but maybe at the end of the year. John, there's some people that have been around the program for a long time, media people that have been around the program. You know, when you factor in what happened in the summer, you factor in how long he's been there, dot, dot, dot. Uh, the factor in the fact that his son seemingly is struggling as, as his offensive coordinator. People that you talk to, press that you talk to, maybe not wanting to go out there yet and go on record saying that, boy, it just feels different, but some are. Are you hearing that, John, that uh, you know we may be seeing the, the end uh, at the end of this season of the of the Ferentz era? You know, I haven't really heard anything, and, and, and I got asked that question by somebody, you know, during the summer when all this stuff was going on, and, and my theory was at the time, I don't think it happens right away, but I think it hastens the departure. You know, maybe maybe he looks at it, maybe he looks at his long-term plan a little differently now. Um, you know, and, and so, I mean, I, I think that's the thing going forward. I mean, you can tell in, in listening to him in these first three weeks um, that, that I think there's a sense of frustration there. I think he's, I think he hasn't quite figured out, and again, I'm going to play psychologist here, hasn't quite figured out how to, to deal with all this right now. And I mean, this is a really unusual season to begin with, and then you throw on everything that happened this summer, and I think it's a really stressful time for him. Um, and so does that make him evaluate things at the end of the year? I don't know. But, I mean, I, I know if I was in that situation, it might. You know, I mean, I, I, I mean, it just would be like, do I really want to keep doing this? I've, you know, I'm, I'm, set for, I'm set for life. You know, do I really need to keep doing this? So it, it may not, I mean, like you said, it may not happen at the end of the year, but it may hasten that timetable of his retirement at some point. 
John, another player an- enters the transfer portal, another player from the South, and an African-American player. This one, Calvin Lockett, a wide receiver from Florida. Uh, Marcus Pascal, who played for the Hawkeyes, was his high school coach. I saw a quote from him. Had nothing to do with what happened this summer, just looking for more playing time. But as you look at that, you connect the dots, and then you go further down the road for recruiting. Does this give you any concern at all when you see now the third player in a couple of weeks enter the transfer portal? The transfers don't, and and, for, and, and I'll, it's going to be kind of a long answer, but the transfers don't because it was like Kirk said the other day, and it's true. A lot of these transfers probably would have happened in the spring. Mm-hmm. You know, if you'd had a spring practice, right. these guys would realize, hey, yep. you know, we're not going to play. Yep. Um, now's the time to go. Instead, you didn't have spring practice. Your summer practices, your summer workouts were, were, were limited. Then you didn't start like you normally do in camp, and then you had this hastily put together four-week stretch, and I think that's where a lot of this comes from. I think the thing right now that kind of, I don't want to say concerns me a little bit, but it has raised an eyebrow, they haven't had a recruiting commitment for a while. And usually by now, this class is done. You know, last year, this class was done by this time. And again, I get that it's an unusual situation this time of year. I mean, with, with some schools not, you know, some states not playing football, Illinois, for example, some of those where you haven't been able to get get out and look at kids, but it does kind of make you think, okay, they haven't gotten a commitment for a while. Is there something there? You know, who knows? So, I mean, like you said, the transfers I get just because of, the, of everything that's happened, but the recruiting thing kind of has me thinking, that, you know, okay, why haven't they gotten a commitment lately? Uh, interesting point. Let's talk about the defensive side of the ball, where Davion Nixon is really shining, uh, and you know, from from year from his first year in the program to now, he looks like a different player. Not that he was bad last year. This year, he's just jumping off the page. And what a difference having Seth Benson back in the lineup in the middle of that yep. linebacker core. Boy, oh boy, was he terrific this past week. And I have to assume that you know he'll take another step forward because last week was his first game uh, of the season. Benson was terrific. Yeah, I mean, they, they, those two guys really were, were really good last week. And, and, I mean, Davion was good in the opener, too. And, and so it's good to see that. The, the defense at the beginning of the year was kind of one of those things that, that kind of concerned me a little bit. But defensively, they've done a lot of good things. And, I mean, if you look at the time of possession, especially last week, I mean, those guys really – those guys need some help from that offense. I mean, they can't keep being on the field for 30 minutes a game. You don't want that. You want you want the time of possession to be there. So so I think they've performed very well. I think they've been put in some bad situations here in the first couple of weeks that have led to points. But for the most part, I think that defense has played pretty good. Uh, one more on football before we switch to basketball. And, of course, uh, Tory Taylor, the Aussie punter, was mm-hmm. seemingly the uh, uh, the focal point of all the, the press, the stories that were written about mm-hmm. the, the Zooms this week. And, I mean, what a great story, right? The first time he'd seen a an American game when he was wearing a white Hawkeye jersey on the field catching uh, catching a snap in West Lafayette before he punted the ball away. Just, just crazy. But what a cool story. And what what a great start to his career. I mean, Aussie, Aussie kick punters, for the most part, are taking over the sport in the pro level, in the college level. I wonder if he's going to be the latest. Terrific start and a very charismatic guy by the sounds of things. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's 20, what, he's 23 years 23, old? 23, yep. Two freshmen, yeah. And so, it's like, I mean, it's a cool story, and it, but it's the pipeline, I think, is really interesting. Because I mean, it, it it's I mean I mean let's be honest. I mean these guys these guys just want to come here and kick the ball, and they know there's an opportunity for them down the road in the NFL if they can do that. And you get a college education out of it. So I think a lot of 
I think you're going to start to see this pipeline really open up, not just at Iowa. Um, I mean, I, you know, you, you're going to start to see this around the country. I think you're going to start seeing a lot of a lot of a lot of coaches go down there and look for guys that that they just want to kick. And you know, it's really interesting. He's like, you know, I hadn't kicked the, you know, I hadn't kicked an American football until he went to this, you know, this this camp where he was able to do this. And I mean, it's it's a pipeline. It's it's a place to find talent. And you know, and, and it's always a joke about Iowa's offense or Iowa, but punting is a big deal with them. And punting can really change a game. So if you can go down and find guys that can change a game, I think you do it. John, uh, let's jump in uh, to the basketball side before we let you go. And sure. we are 20 days away now from the start of college basketball, yet we don't have full schedules. We barely have any non-conference schedules outside of some of the one-off games here. I'm of the belief, and I think Ken's going along in my line of thinking, that the non-conference for the Big Ten and across the country very well could be off the board by the time they actually get around to playing these games. What are you hearing there and, and the likelihood that Cyhawk, Iowa-Gonzaga, North Carolina, those games ultimately aren't played? I think those games are going to be played because I think the testing for those schools I think is, is comparable in a lot of cases to what Iowa has. So I don't think that's a problem. I think where, I mean, the MTE that Iowa has to start season, I think I saw today, that North Carolina Central would be the opener for them on whatever day. You know, do those games happen? Well, I think I think there's going to be some strict testing requirements before you play those games. But I think I think right now it's it's twenty. You know, and I think that schedule is going to come out. I, it just wouldn't surprise me if it comes out either today, tomorrow, or Monday. And I, I think you're going to kind of get a picture of where you're at. But like I said, I think that the major conference games still happen for them because the testing is the same in a lot of those cases. Whether those other games happen, I don't know at this point. Well, uh, just some news from Jeff Goodman. Ohio State's just withdrawn from the crossover classic in Sioux Falls because if you go to an event in Sioux Falls, it's a mandatory 14-day quarantine for those people returning to Ohio. So they're not going. They can't be the other state. Apparently there's one in place for the state of Iowa for teams traveling to Iowa. Once they leave here, they have to quarantine. Uh, It's a mess. I hope uh, non-con happens, kind of like Trent. We shall see. John Bowenkamp, great work. Thank you, John. Appreciate you coming on. Yep, have a good day. Yeah, you do the same. John Bowenkamp, uh, Hawkeye Nation, amongst others, is where you can read John's fine work. Ohio State, as you mentioned, uh, leaving the event with South Dakota, who's going to be the replacement. North Dakota, North Dakota State, something like that. Could they jump in there? And uh, South Dakota State has all, already been a team that has gone. Ohio State, though, ranked in the Ken Palm numbers above Iowa preseason. Yeah, that surprise you? It. Yeah, I don't get it. I really don't. Wisconsin, Illinois, I can buy those. Uh, Illinois? I, I see Wisconsin. They got everybody back, they right? Do. Uh, that, that's they won the, nine was, straight to finish the season. That's true. They were hot as hell. Maybe we're too close. I just this yeah. this Hawkeye team's by by miles. I got to see defense. That's, well, they're going to score a lot too. Yes, they are. Uh, Iowa State just said it will host thirteen hundred and seventy three fans for men's and women's basketball games this winter, under ten percent capacity. Thirteen seventy three uh, in the building, and how do you allocate those ducats? Gonna Who's got the money? Some, well, I know, but there's been some people that have been. Had their checks cashed for a long time at a pretty significant... I'd hate to be in that spot. I really would determine that. John Walters will join us. We won't talk about off-the-field stuff with John, but we'll certainly talk about on the field and on the floor. It's Iowa State men's basketball media day today. John Walters, the voice of Iowa State, is next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. (laughs) 
The sports fanatics drive you home every day. Weekdays at 4 on 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. This is... Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, as we take you towards noon. Talk a little Iowa State, shall we? John Walters is the voice of the Cyclones. He joins us. John Trenton, Ken, as always, thank you for joining us. Belated happy birthday to you, John Walters. Uh, Baylor, this, you. uh, you're welcome, Baylor this week, but I want to go back to Kansas, uh, last week, just for, just for a brief second, uh, and, and particularly, uh, toward Hunter Deckers, who've had his opportunity. You know, uh, I think fans, I think media wonder who that next quarterback up is going to be until we finally see it. Sure, maybe there's some depth chart and there's an or beside them. But until one of them gets that opportunity, you don't know when Decker's got that opportunity against Kansas. Well, he didn't disappoint in his brief appearance, did he? No, he was great. And he looked so comfortable out there. And it was a small sample size, but... Uh, you know, I've been hearing really good things about him in practice and just even watching him, um, you know, w- throwing warm-ups. He just throws a really good ball. He, he looks like a natural athlete. He was a great basketball player. I think he had like 183 pointers in, in high school. Wow. He was a great baseball player. He hit like 490 and really well-rounded athlete from a small school, uh, West Sioux. Um, but you just love that when a guy comes in kind of with that confidence and that aura about him that, that he can step right in there and do things. And he sure looked apart. And uh, it, I, I've been hearing great things about Bauman, too. I, I think they're very high on both those young quarterbacks. So that's great because, uh, you know, the uncertainty of what's going to happen uh, with Brock Purdy down the road, are you, are you going to have him the full four years? Are you going to have him five years? Are you going to have him three years? Who knows, you know? And, and uh you know, it's nice to have somebody in the pipeline behind him that you feel some confidence in. And, and again, a small sample size, but, man, I like those two throws an awful lot. And uh, I like the guy on the receiving end of the touchdown, yeah. Joe Skates, another guy we've been kind of waiting for with the uncertainty of Tariq Milton when we're going to see him next as this continues to drag out. He feels like such an important piece to fill out that wide receiver group. We saw Akers. He played well. Yeah. Got to see a little bit of Sean Shaw as he uh, came out. But Skates, so much impact. Seems like he can make. What's been holding him back? What have you heard? Well, you know, and you hear Matt Campbell talk a lot about detail and, and, and little things. And, you know, I, I don't know this for sure, not asking Matt, but I think it's the little things, just like, you know, if he is the guy that is lined up incorrectly and they get a five-yard penalty out of that, or uh, we, there was a play in the Kansas game which made you think, okay, maybe that's why. Um, you know, he had an opportunity to have a first down um, on, a, on a second and short, yeah. second and short situation. He kind of gave ground yeah. and actually he was across the first down marker and ended up, mm-hmm. um, you know, not not moving the chains. They still were able to continue that drive on, but. You know, just those little things. I think they add up, and they're big things in the eyes of Matt Campbell. And so, but the talent's definitely there. He's still very, very young, and um, it's exciting to see him make that catch. Because you're right, he he can play a big role, especially if Tariq Milton continues to be out, and you know Daniel Jackson hasn't been playing because he's been hurt. And so it's like, okay, they need they need some other guys to step up. And getting Landon Anchors back last week was huge. But yeah, seeing Joe Skates do something like that, and and seeing Sean Shaw have his best game 
I think was really encouraging. Yeah, I see. I wonder where Jackson was. I did not know he was hurt and wondered why he hadn't been in because he had been earlier. You know, that's one of the hallmarks, I think, of this team and, and the Matt Campbell era, quite honestly, is the depth at so many positions, the guys that he's bringing in that have to wait their turn. I'll give you three names on the defense, John, and I'm not telling you anything, but Deshaun Davis has come in and he's made some plays. Uh, Jerry Vaughn last week has come in and he's made some plays. DJ Miller, of course, Ashim Young is a revelation. He looks like he belongs out there in a big, big way. Uh, but those four guys, I love when I have to go to an Iowa State or an Iowa, whatever team I'm watching, roster, and who's this young kid because he's jumping off the TV. There's some depth behind some of the starters on this team, young depth, and that's good. Oh, I agree. And, and, you know, you hear Matt say, well, I don't want to play him too early. I'd rather play him too late. He wants those guys, when they get the opportunity to get out there, to have success, to, to have a, a good, even if it is a small sample size, to have a real good feeling about it so they have confidence. And, um, you know, I, I'm super high on Deshaun Davis. I mean, I think that kid is extremely physical. Now, he's a guy that went to junior college for a year. So, technically, he's a redshirt freshman. Okay. Uh, so, a little bit older but out of Cleveland, and I, I just feel like he's going to be a very physical, good linebacker in the Big 12 Conference uh, for sure. Uh, D.J. Miller's a guy that had been in the program um, and had done some nice things uh, a year ago, and it's going to continue to get more and more opportunities going forward. Um, Ken, who are the other two? Well, just Jerry Vaughn. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Vaughn, I saw, oh, saw yeah. him come in, and, of course, Asheem Young is uh, he's going to be really good. Yeah, and Vaughn. Well, Ashim is just, yeah, he's just going to be a, a, a really great player. You know, Eric brought this up, and I had the exact same thought about Ashim, just a little physical comparison to Bob Sanders. It reminds you a little bit because he really does fly up there and hit people. He's only five foot ten. Um, he, he's going to have a very nice career at Iowa State. But, uh, you know, Gary Vaughn is a guy that their linebacker depth has been really, to me, one of the pleasant surprises of this season. I thought that was going to be – an issue for this team because they had some experienced guys coming back with Rose and Vance and Hummel, and you felt pretty good about the front-line guys. But typically, Coach Veit and Coach Haycock, they like to play two guys at each of those positions. We didn't know much about Vaughn um, or Eric Horn or, uh, or Deshaun Davis. But I think all three of those guys mm-hmm. have stepped in and provided really quality depth at those spots, and it makes you feel good about those positions going forward because – I, I love Deshaun Davis, man. That kid on special teams flies down there and hits people, and he is going to be a, a really good physical linebacker in the Big 12 Conference. Baylor this week, the Bears come in, uh, losers of their last three games, West Virginia, Texas, and TCU. A year ago, it was a heartbreaker after Iowa State came roaring back in the fourth quarter. I was listening to you on the radio call of that one as uh, we were visiting family in Sioux City, and only way to get the son, who was a newborn at the time, to sleep was to drive around. So I did that <laughs> and listened to your call of the game. That was a heartbreaker last year, but certainly a different Baylor team here in 2020. Yeah, it was. It was a heartbreaker, and it was early in the season. Uh, you dug yourself a 20 to nothing hole, came all the way back and took the lead, and then gave up a last-second field goal to lose it. But, yeah. you know, completely different teams, new coaching staff at Baylor. I think that's the biggest thing, trend is they just have had a hard time finding their way. And we talked about that on your show, even in the off season, you know, where what programs are going to have the benefit of having continuity on their staffs and veteran quarterbacks and a lot of the pieces where if you do have to absorb not having spring practice, is it going to really, really damage you or is it just going to hurt you a little bit? 
And we felt like Iowa State was better positioned to handle something like that than a Baylor. And that was the example I used because coaching change right in the middle of the pandemic, trying to get a staff together, trying to get your system in place, get relationships built with the players. And then all of a sudden within the season, you know, they've had games canceled. They've had three games canceled. I think there's enough talent there from a team that made the Big 12 championship game a year ago that they concern you because I think at any point they could put it together. It's just a question of when. And, you know, you hope it's not this week. But I, I do feel like they have a lot of really good individual pieces. They've just had a hard time getting it all together. And their offense really struggled last week, um, which is a little bit surprising because Charlie Brewer is a four-year starter at quarterback. But I think they've been really piecing things together on the offensive line. They finally got those guys back intact last week for the first time in, uh, since camp started. They had the five guys out there on the offensive line that they wanted. And so I think they'll make growth. I just hope it doesn't happen too fast. Uh, John, another minute or so, we'll let you go. Uh, men's basketball media day today. Just, uh, you know, Trent went over the preseason. Ken Palm, what'd you say? Five Big 12 teams in the top 10? Top nine, yeah. Top nine. Uh, it's, it's, it's an unbelievably difficult conference, John, uh, this year. Uh, what, do, what do you think one of the storylines for Iowa State will be? Growth as much as, uh, as, as anything? Uh, Solomon Young, good leader, his final year in the program. What do you think Prohm wants to see out of his team this year? Well, I got the impression from hearing him talk today and hearing the players talk that he really likes this group of guys. And he's very high on Jalen Coleman-Lands, the, the transfer from DePaul who started his career at Illinois. And he was very, very impressive to hear from in person today. Um, and, you know, you talk about a guy like Solomon Young. Regier Bolton's an older guy now that's been in the program for a little bit. I, I think Regier is going to take a big step forward this year, not, not just necessarily even on the floor, just as being a leader. And I think that's the characteristic that I think Coach Prome is looking for. A bunch of guys playing selflessly, a bunch of guys playing together and trying to accomplish something, realizing that the sum of the parts is going to be a heck of a lot better uh, than what they can do individually. And he even mentioned today he had a team that had six guys average double figures in his past coaching life, and he thought this could be a possibility with this team. So I don't think he's looking for necessarily stars to emerge as just for this team to be stronger on the defensive end and that that would translate into more wins in the Big 12. We don't get top, many top 50 players here in our state, and certainly guys that are 7 feet tall and can shoot <laughs> three-pointers like Xavier Foster. A lot of expectations, I'm sure, from the fan base. What are your expectations for Xavier Foster and his freshman campaign? Well, probably a lot different than, than most in the fan base, just because he is a freshman, and he's got to get stronger. And George Condon talked about that today. You can see the talent. There's no question. He can shoot the basketball. He's a terrifically soft touch. He's going to be a really good player. But let's tap the brakes a little bit on the one-and-done talk. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, this is a young man who, you know, he, he wasn't playing against the highest competition every week in high school. It, it's going to take an adjustment period. It's going to take a little while. But, yeah, big picture, long term. You're super excited about his talent. Good stuff, John Walters. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you, John. All right, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. John Walters, the voice of uh, Iowa State. You know, I looked at the, uh, the the Clones' final four games. They they sit right now, what, 4-1 and one in conference, right? 4-1 mm-hmm. and yep. one in conference. So Baylor this week, 5-1? and one, Yes. And then a bye. But all of a sudden, these last three have me wondering a little bit because I, I think I've missed on West Virginia. I, I think I have. Rate so, them in terms of difficulty. Well, at Texas is the most difficult, don't you think? That's their only road game of the final three. 
Texas is so The other three are, just so people know, home to K-State, home to West Virginia, and the sandwich between those is Texas. Taking history, taking name brand aside, and even taking road home away split, I think West Virginia might be the best team that they face the rest of the year. Really? Texas... That was a fraud, and I know I was on Texas yeah, but plus Sam three and a half. Is, he's so good, Trent. He has no help. But that's a bad football team yeah. without him. And, and that's a bad football team without him. Yes, I agree and with if that. He's banged up. I mean, think of the load Dude, that it takes is on some him. shots too. And he runs the ball, and he yes, and he takes some punishment. He does because he likes to deliver too. <laughs> yeah, he'll lower his shoulder. Yes, Kansas State's not very good either. I don't think so. So you think the two most? So in, so in your opinion, the home game, the final game of the year. West Virginia is the best team that they'll see. So if they go, assuming they beat Baylor, yeah, it's two and one. That that's that's enough. That's six and two. You're in. You're in. See you in Dallas. Uh, well, we're out because we've run out of time. Murph and Andy are here too. The Fanatics at four is a busy day. Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show at six. Hawkeye Nation Radio Show at seven. Morning Rush tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon. Thanks for being here. We're 10 to noon on 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Going in-depth on the Hawkeyes and Cyclones. We are really going to start to set the tone for the upcoming college football week. How big of a game is Saturday for Kirk Ferentz, my weekly college football preview. Drive home with the sports fanatics today at 4 on 1460 AM KXNO and now on 106.3 FM.